Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Nick Iola. Nick, are you ready to do this? I am ready, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Nick is a CPA and the owner of Iola CPA, a 100% virtual CPA firm focused on the needs of real estate investors. I'm excited to have you on. Nick, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. So, uh, yeah, personally, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big sports and music guy, so I could talk about sports and music on a completely, uh, you know, separate podcast if you wanted to do that. Okay. Too. <laughs> um, yeah. And actually I'm in the middle of uh, planning a wedding, so I'm, I'm getting married later on in the fall. So that's taking up a lot of the personal time too. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's fun. And, um, on the business side of it, like you said, you, you run a virtual CPA firm and we cater to real, real estate investors. And that's also something that I like to do personally and both, you know, business wise. Also, I do invest myself. So I like to dabble in the real estate market. I, you know, have a, a few properties and, um, you know, cater our services to people just like me, basically real estate investors. So that's what we do on, on the work side. Uh, you know, we focus on tax planning and strategizing and, and, basically advisory services for real estate investors and we do the tax prep also um and and yeah you know we, we try to focus on a specialized market because you know it's something that i like you know i've grown up in real estate it's something i've always been interested in and it's where we could really provide value to you know one section of people one industry as opposed to you know a shotgun approach that you know we accept everybody that walks through the front door and you can't really provide the same level of value to everybody. So we stick with what we know. Well, I appreciate that very much. And it's one thing I know about the the Internal Revenue Code is that it is it is robust or voluminous. It's a lot. So <laughs> It's I think, not a short story, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it's probably imperative if you're going to do a good job to be more specialized. Yeah, and that's exactly right. I mean, we're I think we're approaching 80,000 pages, you know, for the code. So better to take a little chunk out of it and, and know that part well, as opposed to, uh, you know, trying to nail down the entire thing. 80,000 pages. I didn't know that. And it's still growing. Yeah. I think if you, if you Google, there's like a chart of, you know, the, the development of the length of the tax code over time and just, you know, recent history, it just skyrockets and just gets more complicated and complicated. And, you know, everybody who comes in and tries to make it more simplified just makes it more complicated. So <laughs> interesting. I don't think, the, I don't think it's ever going to slow down. Yeah. You know, I have to imagine that uh, that something like LexisNexis, uh, that probably really helped the legal field with just being able to, to source through cases and stuff like that. I have to sure. imagine that probably there's some kind of technology that helps with CPA firms too. And it sounds like you really embrace technology being that you are a virtual firm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the good thing is a lot of the, a lot of the tax and legal, they overlap. So I'm on those sites all the time also. I mean, we deal with a lot of case law and, um, you know, you're constantly referring to tax court cases on, uh, when you're advising people just, you know, based on, you know, you have to use what, what happened in the history to predict the future on, you know, on certain things. And, and that helps a lot too. So, yeah, I mean, definitely without, without those resources, it would be even more difficult than it already is. That's for sure. 
Right. So you talk about going back to case law and look at what happened in the past to determine what could potentially happen in the future. I don't know that everybody that's listening, and I, I, I'll lump me in that in, in with that too. Um, it's not. It's obviously with eighty thousand pages, the tax code <laughs> is not. It's not black and white. It's not binary. There's room for interpretation with so much of this. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, and and that's part of part of the reason it is so difficult because every case is you know no two cases are the same and there's a lot of you know loopholes and there's a lot of areas in the tax code that like you said aren't bright line you know it's not black and white so you have to look at cases in the past where maybe there was a, a determination or uh, a resolution of some kind that kind of helps you in what you're dealing with now and you know maybe it's not exactly in a code or in the law but you know, as a result of these cases, you can kind of have some guidance on on how the courts will react, you know, if this were to ever come up in a situation that you're dealing with. Got it. Okay. So what, I, I guess, sort of the jumping off point, um, and, and, and perhaps you can tell me um, if it's if it makes sense to, to talk about the biggest things that the real estate investors, perhaps let's start with somebody who's just getting started with real estate investing to set themselves up for success. What are some things that they should be thinking about? And maybe that'll take us into your established, you're growing. Here are things you really want to watch out for. Here's things you want to do. Here's things you don't want to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, first thing to make sure of it, it really this goes for any industry, but real estate investors too. I mean, you want to make sure you're taking control of, of your investments, your business. I mean, you know, you have people who do real estate investment on the side. You have people who do it full time as their primary source of business and income. Uh, and you want to make sure you're just taking control of this and you're, and you're in a position to where you, you know what's going on in your business. So many times we see people who are, um, you know, they're doing it because they like it or they're doing it because it's, there's some inflow of cash and upfront it seems like a great idea, but they're not really sure how the mechanics of their own business are running. Um, and you know, then we'll come in and say, well, maybe this could be done better, or maybe you can be doing this instead. And, uh, it's useful to know, and not everybody is interested in, you know, the financial aspect of it or the tax aspect of it. And it is very, it's boring to some, um, but it's important all the same. So you want to make sure that you're, you know, you you know what's involved in your business, what's coming in, what's going out. And that presents opportunities, how you can better manage it and scale it. Uh, so we always stress education. Uh, you know, we're, we're definitely not the type of firm who's going to take you on and help you plan for taxes and prepare your taxes and just give you a finished product. And that's it. Uh, you know, we want to talk to you throughout the year and, even after the preparation of tax returns and or financial statements or bookkeeping or, you know, accounting records or anything, uh, we want to walk through it with you. That way you understand it, you know, that way you can make informed decisions and it's not just you're getting a deliverable, you know? So we really stress you know, taking control and understanding what's important in your business. I would have to think that, and I'm, I don't do a ton of real estate investing, but I would have to imagine that, that the margins are not so enormous that if you're just losing one, two, three percent here and there, uh, that that's not going to be inconsequential, right? So you need oh, to sure. be educated. You need to understand the cash flow. You need to understand. You need to understand all of it. Otherwise, you're just going to be losing money. Absolutely, yeah. And and with real estate, especially if you're doing majority of our clients do buy and hold investing, whether that's their primary form of investing or or just you know a, a side hustle, they do 
you know, they're landlords. So they're buying rental properties and renting them out to tenants. Um, yeah, one bad investment. I mean, it's not a small investment. You know, it's not like you're buying a, a single share of stock and you can offload it any time. It's illiquid and it's, it's cash intensive at, at, depending on your strategy. But yeah, you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you know what's going on. Definitely. So is there, is there a, a record keeping system that you say this is something everybody should have, or are there a lot that are good? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm always, I'm always an advocate for uh, cloud-based bookkeeping softwares and, you know, scanning receipts and storing them in some kind of cloud-based storage you know, software, like a, you know, Dropbox or iCloud or Google drive or something like that. Just organization is key. I mean, the more organized you are, the easier it is to find what you're looking for if a problem arises. I mean, if you have a mess bookkeeping system and things are hand scratched and receipts are in a big shoebox, it's very hard to go back and, and see what's, what actually happened. Um, you know, cause it's our job to kind of sort through everything and, and see, make sure everything's in the right place and it looks okay. Um, and if there's a problem, you know, we ask about it and, and for investors and clients and business owners, it's important to have, you know, easy access to these things and say, okay, well, this is what you're asking about. This is exactly what it is. This is where it's located. If you need to see more, I have it. Um, so typically, uh, you know, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll favor cloud-based software just cause it's easier to transfer data and access information. But as long as it's clean, I'm not really too picky <laughs> on how you keep your books or how you keep your receipts. As long as it's organized, that's more important. So whatever is comfortable to you, the business owner, the investor, whatever, uh, you know, make sure it's just organized and, and comfortable. And, and typically we or any other service professional should be able to work with that. Got it. And that's a ounce of prevention is worth the pound of cure. I have to certainly imagine. So just get in the habit and set up a system. What do you see yeah. as, as some of the biggest opportunities or sort of must do's um, that people overlook a lot of the time? I think it would be uh, asking for help and outsourcing. It's a hard thing to do because in one breath I'm telling, I'm saying take control, right? And the other breath, it's kind of like, you know, take control, but realize also what you can, what you can outsource and offload off your plate because it's important to, it's one thing to control every single aspect of your business individually. And it's another thing to control your business as a whole and realize what, what you're not really, uh, maybe what you don't excel in, you can outsource to somebody who maybe does it better or more efficiently, or, um, it's worth the cost to, to outsource it. And that's the key to scaling. So I would say that a lot of things they see in, in, you know, early investors or entrepreneurs that are, you know, just getting started is that it's, it's hard to relinquish control. And, and I'm guilty of that in, in some respect too. It really is. You know, you build something, you, you build a portfolio, you build a business. It's, it's hard to relinquish control and, and people don't want to do that. And, and, you know, you have to get the right person, you have to design the right systems and processes. And, but once you do it, you realize, man, you know, I'm freeing up my time to do the stuff I'm, I'm good at, which is, invest in more properties, grow the business even more or something that scales and grows your business as opposed to, you know, you don't want to work in your business. You want to work on your business. Um, and that's, that's something that we try to push to our clients also is, is know what you don't know and outsource that part. Yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense. I was, when you said scaling, I thought, okay, I wonder, I wonder who wouldn't want to scale their real estate business and have more. Right. And I sort of realized it's probably the people that are just mired in having to go and show up at their property and just 
and they probably end up hating it. So they think, well, why would I want more of this? Exactly. Yeah. And I've seen that before. You know, it sounds great on paper. You learn and you read all these real estate books and it sounds like a perfect investment. And it is. It's a great investment. Um, But exactly like you said, if you get bogged down in the day to day and it's not something you were equipped to handle, it really turns you off for the next one and the current one. You know, I've seen people completely get out of real estate because of their first deal just wasn't what they expected. But, um, you know, it is important. That's why there's property managers. (laughs) Yeah. You know, hopefully you can build that into your analysis. So some of those key drivers that, that will make a successful real estate investor probably probably just somebody successful in business are educate yourself. And these are probably people that did some education on the front end, but then didn't continue and did not look to outsource. Maybe they, 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 they viewed outsourcing as too great of an expense and it ended up costing them. What, what are some of the other key drivers that you see? Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, that's, that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, scaling is hard, right? If, if if it was easy, everybody would do it. Uh, so it's more basically attitude and flexibility. Um, flexibility is, is a big one too. That's, that's another thing we try to, just for an example, something that, you know, obviously we do is, is tax planning. So when it comes to tax planning, we want to be flexible. Um, and, and we try to uh, try to instill this impression on, on business owners too, um, as a, like you said, as a driver, because if you're not flexible, you can design, uh, you know, great structure, for example, a, a complex entity structure, a legal structure, asset protection, or, um, you know, a, a, an airtight strategy for investment that you don't really want to pivot from, but life happens, things get in the way, things that, you know, things change. So if your situation is inflexible, if your if your mindset is inflexible, it becomes very hard to adapt. And, you know, if you don't adapt and you don't change, it's very hard to continue to succeed and and grow. So flexibility is another driver that we try to say, you know, just be open-minded, accept things that happen and and pivot with them, change with them and and go into something with that mindset that, you know, this may not be forever uh, one way or the other. Maybe, you know, your wants and needs will change or something just comes along that is out of your control that changes the situation. But in either case, just make sure you're, I guess, I guess flexible would be uh, another major one we try to try to um, instill on our clients and anybody else that'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. I mean, it's it's like the opposite sides of a coin. Um, what it takes to be successful are flexibility, and what will help you to not be successful is being inflexible. So, mm-hmm. sure. um, what? And let's just focus on the other side of that coin. Are are there really key mistakes above and beyond being in, inflexible and not asking for help that that you see people like common pitfalls? Yeah. I mean, you get, and this goes, I mean, there's, there's different levels in, in everything that you, you know, you go through, but in, in terms of what we know in, in the tax world, and I guess having our eyes kind of on the legal side of it also, um, you know, we, we see this, it can be detrimental. Like I said, you can have, um, you know, I've seen people come to us with, and, and I'm sure to other people too, with these complex, you know, trust LLC corporation structures, and, you know, they, they've heard these, you know, they went to these guru seminars and, you know, all this, and they have all this in place and they don't even have a single investment yet, or, you know, they don't have, they're not even in business yet, but everyone told them that this is how they have to have everything set up and, uh, they go ahead and do it and they spend a, a pretty penny on, on setting everything up. And then all of a sudden they decide, well, wait a minute, do I even want a rental property? Maybe I want to, maybe I want to start flipping rental properties instead. Maybe I want to be a real estate agent. 
you know, maybe I want to completely pivot or maybe now I have a kid, maybe I want to throw some estate planning into it. And, you know, you kind of set everything up already and it's, and it's inflexible and, and now you spend all this money and you can't really get out of it. And do you either scrap it and start over or do you go through with something you don't really want to do? And we've seen that happen. Um, and you know, people, people are all different. Sometimes, you know, you, you kind of get taken advantage of and, you know, we've, unfortunately had the displeasure of, of coming into contact with a few of these professionals who will just sell you anything just to sell you anything. Um, but other times it's, it's lack of education and preparation. Uh, you know, people don't really know exactly what they're getting themselves into. And unfortunately you trust somebody who maybe isn't that trustworthy and you get taken advantage of. Um, but in either case, we definitely have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate everything you just said. Um, and, in every profession, there are a ton of really, really high quality, uh, trustworthy people doing a great job, and then there are people who are doing the opposite. So, right. for somebody who who is who is just thinking about getting started, what 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 are the first steps that you would recommend? Build a team for sure. Um, like I said, definitely want to know what you can outsource and what you can who you can bring on network. When I say build a team, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have people on retainer. You don't have to pay them. Um, networking is is hugely beneficial in, in real estate and in, in any other business industry, really. Um, just add people to your network. Um, go to events, speak with other people, branch out, uh, and, and start to build a team of people that either work for you or don't, uh, or just, you know, resources. And, you know, in doing this, it, it really helps you when you are looking to to bring someone on as far as a professional or hire something out. Uh, you know, you shop around, you see if somebody in your network has somebody to recommend or you, you, you know, speak to a few different people that way you're not just following the herd, so to speak, or maybe just going with your, your the first person you speak to, you have some base, a basis for comparison. Uh, so if you are just starting out, definitely uh, don't be afraid to shop around. Um, you know, we encourage that, and, you know, and it even helps, the people that you're you're speaking to because maybe they'll know something that you know you'll come back and say well I spoke to this guy and he's willing to offer this or I spoke to this woman and she's you know she's um, giving me these services and you know kind of helps other people too like oh well maybe that's out there maybe that's something we can do um, and you know I think it helps both sides I love it I think that that makes sense well Nick Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them so uh, I think a good difference-making tip, and this kind of ties into our, our entire conversation, is just be prepared. You know, definitely be prepared. Educate yourself. Know what you're getting into before any conversation or meeting. Um, just do a little bit of research. Not saying you have to be an expert, but understand the you know the opportunity and and the, the other side would be I guess the consequences of what could happen when you're going into um, an investment, a meeting, like I said, a conversation, anything. Uh, you know, in the real estate field for contractors and DIYers, you've heard the saying measure twice, cut once, right? And that can kind of be applied to everything. I mean, if you're an investor, analyze it twice, offer on the property once, you know, make sure you're just prepared when you're doing in tax planning, you know, plan it twice, act on it once, make sure you're, you're everything that you're doing, you're aware of what's going on and, and you're prepared for it. Uh, that way, you're not surprised. You eliminate surprises. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Measure twice, cut once. That is one of my favorites for sure and <laughs> something we should all do more of. 
Well, Nick, thanks so yeah, much for I've, coming I've on. Yeah, I've learned that one the hard way. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> that also goes for, before I fire off an angry email or text, maybe just think about it for a little while. So. Very true. Yeah, very true. <laughs> Guilty of that one, too. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? best way to find us is on our website. It's aiolacpa.com. That's A-I-O-L-A-C-P-A.com. You'll find all our social media handles and, and our blog, other information about us there. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Nick your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to iolacpa.com. Check out all the great stuff that they have on there and follow them on social media as well. Thank you again, Nick. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.